everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. For the Almighty, we claim it. We invite you to go to ilovemyfamily.us, another declaration, ilovemyfamily.us, where you will find, among many other things there, the Live It Gathering Guide, which is a great opportunity and guide, go figure, to help families come together to talk and to pray based on the upcoming Mm -hmm. Sunday readings and fun questions and daily questions. Again, check it out. Declare that time, Mm -hmm. ilovemyfamily.us. And two other quick commercials. Before we get to truly an amazing guest, so delighted to have him with us. We'll we'll pique your interest and just unleash that in just a minute. Um, Commercial number one, belief and beverage nights. What are these Uh, coming out of COVID, right? All the more we desiring for personal presence to connect with people, encourage us, affirm us, an occasion of encountering Christ and being formed more fully. So the third Thursdays of every month, go to massimpact.us forward slash BNB. We are blessed to have four consecutive months of Hillsdale professors bringing the theme of incarnation, reflections on reviving one nation under God. Incarnation, reflections on reviving one nation under God. Join us again, massimpact.us forward slash BNB. We also ask you to mark your calendars for Tuesdays in December, the first three Tuesdays in December. Presence for Christmas is back, a phenomenal opportunity of worship and witness. And it's going to be at the Immaculate Conception. Church in Mary Grove. Our theme this year, Return to Bethlehem. We want to rediscover the simplicity and power of our Savior taking on flesh and blood, summoning us, awakening us to our call to worship Him, to live for Him fully. So again, just mark your calendars. We'll share more news very soon. But with no further ado, we are so blessed to have film producer, founder of the Upper Room Worship Movement, and uh, so many other things that he's going to share with us tonight, Michael Molden. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Awesome. So good to have you with us and so very blessed. I'm so excited. with you guys today. It's awesome. So Michael, our son, of course, uh, one of six, Joseph, who um, is very blessed with the gift of worship. I know Damascus, they've hosted you down there. Many of our listeners are familiar with that place. So first of all, you've been there and your wife, Meredith, tell us your thoughts on Damascus as a non-Catholic, if you will, one who's never been there before. Yeah, I mean... I, I was blown away uh, just by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is there, you know, and the passion and the love for Jesus, the way that they are so authentically and passionately pursuing the Lord and His reality here on earth, um, it just blew me away. I was just, I went there and I just felt like I was home. Mm. And awesome. um, we're just so welcomed there, um, you know, the, the, one of the main priests there. You know, I went to a Catholic college, and so so it's it was it was kind of a full circle moment for me. Mm. And um, just the way that he honored us and welcomed us there as as brothers from from outside of you guys' world, it was uh, it was very special on on many many levels. Um, but first and foremost, the passion and love for Jesus just it, it humbled me and and made me uh, hunger for Jesus even more. Amazing. Well, we're going to hear your story in just a second. We love to pronounce, proclaim Revelations 12, 11. They defeated the enemy. Do we not see the power of the enemy operating around us? And let's be honest, in many regards, within us, at least the temptations, they defeated all of that. The enemy's work by the blood of the Lamb 
and the word of their testimony. So in just a second, we're going to be blessed by your testimony. We want to just say right up front, you are behind by God's grace, your gifts and filmmaking. This new movie that is on screens throughout the world, Super Spreader, sub uh, line, the, the Rise of Let Us Worship. And so, folks, we really want you to get that thought in your head of checking out this amazing film. Stephanie and I went on opening night and I had to hold back tears, and I was very unsuccessful with that endeavor numerous times throughout this. But, but, but for any of us folks who are asking the question, you know, is God, and I mean this, let's just diminish cliche, is the power of God, is love, his presence, his power, is he with us today in the midst of our circumstances? Each of us have to answer that question separately. And we have to answer it honestly. Do we, have we reduced him, if you will, to just, if you will, religious moments which have power? We don't want to diminish that. But do we believe? that he wants to be encountered and he wants us to know him fully and deeply and he wants to manifest his power through signs and wonders for the purpose of this ever-deepening intimacy with him now and through all, all eternity. If you believe that, you need to see this film. If you question that, if you doubt that, if you wonder if it's true, if you want to see evidence of the power of God alive with us through the one of the most difficult difficult eras of human history the past couple years, you need to go see this documentary that Michael has created. Superspreaderfilm.com is where you're going to find tickets and you're going to be able to plug into this tremendous thing. We're going to talk more about that, I'm sure, through the duration of this interview. But I do encourage you folks to please write it down, superspreaderfilm.com. With no further ado, Michael, take us back to the beginning, because it's a very good place to start. Tell us about little Michael Malden and your journey to more fully knowing Jesus. Yeah, so I, I, I jokingly tell people, not really jokingly, but people tend to laugh at it. And I, I say that when I was a kid and and my dreams of what I wanted to be when I grew up was to be in the mafia. And, yeah, we joined the laugh. That's, that's, that's the, awesome. That's the response I usually get, you know, high ambitions that I, that I had. But, you know, I came from a broken home and we went to church on Christmas and Easter, basically. And so what discipled me was, the, was Martin Scorsese and Al Pacino and mm. Snoop Dogg and all the film and media music and content that I would consume as a young person who was very Mm -hmm. highly impressionable. And then I saw a version of what looked like unconditional love where people were willing to lay down their lives for each other. Mm -hmm. But it was just a perverted version of that. And, and so I went full force into it. And man, I just, I ended up pretty crazy. I got in a lot of trouble. And fast forward, I ended up doing some modeling down in Miami. And I, I achieved all the things that the world values. I had a sense of fame, was hanging around famous people, money, girls, the drugs, the whole, the, this whole lifestyle that was promoted to me through all that media content. And I was more miserable than I've ever, ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And I just saw the end of the road and I was like, man, if I have all this stuff and I'm this miserable here, what are the heights of misery that I can attain to if I keep going down this path? <laughs> basically? Mm-hmm. And instead of hitting rock bottom, I hit rock top which is worse than rock bottom because there's nowhere else to go but down, you know? Mm. And, and it was just this desperate place where um, I was just in my high rise in South Beach and I just said one of these prayers like, God, are you real? Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but it felt like a lightning bolt struck me out of heaven and I fell to the ground and my, I was unable to move for about 20 minutes feeling this electric love coursing through my body and just tears streaming down the side of my face. But I I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't have language for it. When it wore off, I ran over to my friend's house and I was like, guys, I think I encountered eternity. (laughs) And and they were like, well, what were you smoking? Right. (laughs) 
because that was the world I was in, you know? And I was like, look, guys, I was, I was totally sober, and, you know, they didn't believe me. They just thought I was out there, you know? And so the next night I'm, I'm in bed, and I start praying again. I was like, I got to pray again, see what happens. And this time it feels like this weighty hand presses on my chest, and my body goes paralyzed again. And right before my eyes, I'm having this open vision. It looks like a TV screen appears before my eyes, but I see Jesus. Mm. It 2,000 years ago, going to the cross, he was bloody, he was mangled. I still get emotional. This is like, you know, mm. 2001, you know, and, yes. and I look, and I looked in his eyes, and they just lit up, and I knew in that moment, he didn't say anything, but I knew in that moment that what he was doing was for me, mm. and, and I went Amen. sober, I went celibate, I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast, because I, all of a sudden, I had this revelation on my heart, I go, where are the next generation of storytellers or role models for the next generation coming up, the kids that wouldn't step foot at church but could look up and see the beauty and the wonder and the awe of this all-amazing God who is the desire of the nations. Where are these mm-hmm. stories? Where are these role models? Where are they in Hollywood? And I didn't see any of them. And so mm-hmm. I had this crazy passion to just go out there and, you know, like a William Wallace, but all by myself, you know, out down to the front lines. and. Um, it wasn't too long after that that my father actually got uh, struck with cancer, and I ended up moving to Dallas to become a caretaker for him. Wow! And for about a year and a half, and it kind of got me w- totally off track from that that desire for the film industry. And I ended up meeting my wife Meredith Malden, who was extremely passionate about the Lord. And we ended up doing got married real quick and ended up doing ministry work in the Middle East for a season. Wow! And so living in the West Bank of Israel, ministering to Muslims, I mean, we were just, I was thrown right into the deep end of faith, you know, really early on. Yes. And it was very experiential for me, very real. And, um, and I, you know, I just, I kind of felt like I had to, I had to make up for lost time, <laughs> you know, so to right. speak, mm-hmm. from how, how crazy I lived. But um, we ended up after that Israel journey, the Lord really just gave us a lot of revelation around the power of worship and the meaning of worship and the centrality of worship. And how at the end of the day, the ultimate battle is who's going to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go, you, go, you go from the beginning to Moses goes to Pharaoh, let my people go, mm-hmm. that they may worship, mm-hmm. right? And then Jesus being tempted with all the kingdoms of the world, the enemy knows the power of it. He says, if you'll just bow down and worship me, you can have all this stuff. And then fast forward to Revelation, those that are closest to the throne of God, what are they doing? They're in, in the place of mm-hmm. worship. And, and so he just, I'm not a singer. I don't play an instrument, but he just gave me such a heart and passion for it. We moved back to Dallas and started the church with some friends and really centered it around the presence of God uh, in a place of worship and prayer. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. So we just like took it literally and said, okay, let's, let's see what this looks like. And, and we just went after him really intensely, uh, consistently, and he would just show up and change people's lives. And our, our church was just started to explode. We didn't do any marketing, you know, for the first five years, we had no website. We just invited Jesus to come mm-hmm. and, he would come and he would touch people, you know, and, and it was real. And, and so after about seven years of that, the Lord just began to stir my heart again for this thing of art and media and film, and which I thought I had totally died to. And um, went through a real intense season um, where I just got back from the mission field in northern Iraq, dealing with refugees who had fled ISIS. Beautiful. And dealing with their stories. And it was amazing, but the, the trauma of what those people were experiencing, their stories were so unlike anything I'd ever heard before. Mm-hmm. Very traumatic, you know, emotionally. And then coming back, my, my brother committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my gosh. And then right after that, I dealt with a betrayal of, of a really close friend. And then I lost a youth minister to cancer. And then my grandmother died. And then my good friend of mine died. It was like back to back to back to back to mm-hmm. back. 
And I just began to seek the Lord. I was like, God, what's up with this? You know, and, and I just pulled away in a season of real, just intense prayer. And, and, and I felt like he's, and I asked him this one question, you know, cause it, when you're, when your world's kind of flip it up, flipped upside down and your foundations are kind of kicked out from under you, you know, you, at least for me, I, because I've been to the world, I don't have anywhere else to go but Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I've tried all that other stuff, and it just left me in handcuffs. And, you know, and so I just went to Jesus, and I just said, God, what's the big thing you want to accomplish through my life? And I just felt like he said he wants his stories to be told in the earth, mm-hmm. and then he wants, he wants people to see the heart of his son. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when the world looks so at the cute. church, they see our brokenness or the mm-hmm. fallen pastors or priests or leaders, or they see... They see judgmental or hypocritical or boring, and none of which is the heart of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. right. And, and so I just felt like I was being called back into the film and entertainment industry and to tell his stories. And we moved to, uh, I, I, I walked away from my job, you know, as a pastor of seven years with nothing in front of me, literally. Mm-hmm. And I just felt a call. I felt God was leading me. And it was scary. You know, you got three kids and a wife and You've built a church with your best friends in a worship movement, and it's touching people all over the world. But yet, you know, when Jesus is calling, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was more important to me to follow than to to stay and build a ministry or whatever else. And beautiful. Um, I met some like within a month, I met a guy who was a filmmaker that was starting a film company in Georgia and wanted to put worship at the center of it. And oh, I love that. And I'd always had this. I've always had this idea of creating somewhat of a marketplace type ministry where our you know, you put worship and prayer at the center of your workplace, and then your sermons become the films and the the, the the TV shows that you're able to tell, so to speak. And that was his vision, too. And we moved there, and within, you know, about a year and a half, 2020 hits, and all the investor money gets tied up. And our company was shifting from South Georgia to Atlanta, and we were visiting some family in Tampa, and we're in the middle of the lockdown. And this crazy friend of mine named Sean Foyt was doing uh, Let Us Worship protests across the country because mm-hmm. the church was deemed unessential in a lot of the states, specifically California, but yet they were allowing strip clubs and bars mm-hmm. to remain open. Mm-hmm. And they even told the church, you're not allowed to sing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for him, his ministry has always been to take worship to the darkest parts of the world, whether it's North Korea, Afghanistan, or Iraq, wherever, where Christian, China, where Christianity is illegal and, and just you know, erect altars, altars of worship, so to speak, and just invite God to come into those places. And when that happened here in America, he's like, this is, this is America. This is our strength. This is our power. Church, church is absolutely essential, and we need to be there for the broken and the hurting. And, and so he had done one Let Us Worship event on the Golden Gate Bridge, this first one, and about 400 people showed up, but there were all these police that were there. And they weren't there because of them. They were there because so many people were committing suicide in the midst of the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And when he, you know, he had been going city to city, was building mo- momentum. And when he came to Tampa, which is where I was, you know, he said, get your wife and let's, let's, let's do, let's worship together oh, in, in Tampa. And, and it was significant for me because Tampa was where my brother was from. And the day that he was doing the event, September 18th was my brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, what's up with this? Because it was a day that I go over to my parents' house and I bring them flowers and we mourn. Mm-hmm. And yet we're having to do this big event. You know, I knew three or 5,000 people are going to show up and it's in the middle of lockdowns. Don't touch, stay six feet apart. Every media outlet on the planet is telling you to stay home. 
yet we're going in this right in the marketplace and going to go to worship. And I'm like, all right, God, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of emotions going on here. Right. What, what, what do I do with this? You know? And, and I just felt like he said, it's time to plunder hell on your brother's behalf. Mm. Amen. And, and I, was, I was like, oh, I really like the sound of that. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> but I really like the sound of that. Mm. Yes. Because I've always known that, you know, how God takes such horrible situations and his ability to flip the script and turn it and use it for good. Not that yes. he would even cause that thing per se, but he will flip it and use it for good yes. and make the enemy pay for what he's done. And I just, I had always held on to that, but didn't know how it was going to happen. And so we go to this event. The first thing Sean starts, ta- Sean starts talking about was the Golden Gate Bridge and the police and the suicide and all this mm. stuff. So I felt like I was getting set up. And... And they preached the gospel, and like hundreds of people got saved and baptized. And then at the very end, he just hands me the mic. He goes, "Hey, do you have anything?" <laughs> and I was like, well. I was like, I was like, I think so, you know. But he had already kind of talked about it. But I was like, I'm just going to go again anyway. And and I was thinking about Tampa and how it's the place of buccaneers, and there's everything is pirate related in Tampa. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's the land of buccaneers and pirates. And I said, you know, there's a godly version of that thing. I was thinking about the redemptive, mm-hmm. you know, side of things. So he takes the the brokenness of who we are in terms of good. I was like the redemptive side, the godly version of the pirate is, is, is when Jesus died and he went down into hell and he took back the keys of death and Hades and mm. he plundered hell. Mm. And I said, we're going to plunder hell today. And I shared the story of my brother. And I was like, man, if any of you guys are struggling with suicide or depression, I don't want to mm. lose any more brothers and sisters. I don't want to do it. If that's you and you're struggling, I want you, I want you to come down here. I want to pray with you. I want to love you. I want to hug you. And I was just this slobbering, blubbering mess, just like, just love like come down and all these men just are rushing to the front mm-hmm. and Praise we just God. have this 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 guttural deep spiritual moment it was like a bomb went off spiritually in that mm-hmm. place and these guys were feeling freedom for their suicide and depression and this this moment was caught on video and it goes viral and people around the world are messaging and say, saying they're feeling their own suicide and depression breaking off of their lives mm-hmm. and and now me and my wife we were you know we were kind of in a homeless place, so to speak, waiting for a house to be done in, in, in Atlanta. And so we were like, hey, let's just keep going with these guys. And we ended up doing close to 22 cities. And we were just seeing every major narrative of 2020, whether it was uh, the George Floyd riots, you know, taking place and in, in, in the media promoting all this racial division. We, we were seeing racial reconciliation take place. Mm-hmm. We were seeing people struggling with suicide and depression come getting set free, throwing their drugs on the stage. We were people seeing struggling with same-sex attraction, coming in, getting free of that. Amazing. Just all these taboo things that you're not supposed to talk about in the church, right. we were just going after it. And man, people were just desperate for God. Yes. Like, like just seeing people just run to the stage because they're so hungry for yes. something real because mm. those things that the world offers are just so like, it's just so fleeting. It just doesn't satisfy that eternal hole in our heart, you know, mm. like Jesus does. And, and and when we were as we were seeing this across the country, this desperation, you know, and it's conflicting too because every media outlet on the planet is telling you don't do what you're doing. They're coming against us hardcore. Yes. New York Times, Washington Post, governors, mayors, Rolling mm-hmm. Stone magazine does an article calling uh, Sean Jesus Christ super spreader. But yet, these governors would do contact tracing back to the events, and they couldn't trace any mm-hmm. cases back to our events. Mm-hmm. So we're like, God. Yeah. Like the grace of God is on us, you know, mm-hmm. or it's outdoors and it doesn't spread or both. I don't know, but the grace of God was on right. us. And we, everything the media was saying, we weren't seeing. We were seeing the opposite of it. And so I was like, man, we got to tell this story. And we need to tell the story of what took place in America in 2020, but from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. Because 
Showtime and Vice reached out to Sean and they wanted to, doc- to do a documentary on him. And I was like, bro, you know how they're going to tell the story. Mm. They're going to make you look like the crazy Christian that they always do. I was like, we can't do it. we got to control this narrative. And let's be honest. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Tell the full story, the struggles, the, the, the haters, the people that are for it, whatever. But then let's show what God's doing in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to be able to reach an audience that wouldn't really step foot in a church. And so I was like, if we call it Let Us Worship and people are flipping through Amazon or Netflix, an unbeliever is not going to click on Let Us Worship, but super spreader is kind of provocative. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. A great double entendre and also, right? It, it, yeah, it is, because that's at the end of the day, that's what we are, super spreaders of faith, hope, and love. And mm-hmm. what they were saying we were spreading was not true. And what was really being spread was was the gospel, and lives were being transformed. And so um, it was just, I mean, I've talked a lot. It's a long story. No, it's so but, um, and By the way, folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, an amazing uh, Michael Malden producer behind the movie that is on screens throughout the country now, Super Spreader. And I said this to Joseph afterwards. I, I pray that this is more than a movie. I pray that it's a movement. In fact, the, if there's any tragedy, it would be that somebody walk away from this and see it as just a, a historical description as opposed to a present reality, a, a portrait of what it means for a soul to say, Lord, Jesus, you know, let thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We pray it every day. Are we availed to being instruments of God's grace? And do we believe that he wants to work this powerfully, um, that, it, that he wants it to be more than just a story, a horizontal thing? I, I'll say a phrase of mine, Michael, that's just uh, emerged again and again and again, a word to me, a word to our family, a word to people is God wants us to go vertical. He wants us to go vertical. Yeah. He wants us to not just talk about that moment as if it was past and gone and done, but he wants us to avail our mm-hmm. hearts and minds. So I do want to go back and capture some of these moments and let the Lord speak to us through these moments in your story. But right now, just some are listening. And as as you are speaking, they either are aware of their battle with depression and their value and their identity, listening to the lies of the enemy, or they've suppressed it and they've medicated against it and they're just hydroplaning in existence. And some of them are in religion, if you will, but it's not enough. And they're realizing, I don't care from the Catholic perspective, how many masses, how many novenas, how many rosaries I pray. There's, there's something fundamentally missing. You connected with that and you saw deliverance. So let's just I'm going to put you on the spot here. Lead us in prayer for anybody who's yeah. in that place. Yeah, I will. Um, Jesus. Mm. I just want to first declare over you that, that your life is so valuable. Mm. Um, that Jesus did. He paid the ultimate price for your life. That the lies of the enemy that said that there is no purpose over your life. Your life is worthless. You're not good. You're not good enough. You can't fix what's been broken. It's too much. All those lies are the pit of hell. And I just want to declare that what he accomplished on the cross is way too big Mm. for your problems. Mm. It's too big for your problems. It can totally squash all those things and all those issues. And so, Lord, where there's where they're struggling with depression or there may be even a spirit of suicide, we just command that to leave right now in the name of Jesus. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill that place in their hearts. Fill that place of destiny, that place of purpose, that place of value, that they might know you and that you would become bigger than their problems. And Lord, and those that have been betrayed, Lord, I know that there's the pain of betrayal or even betrayal from the church some of the deepest pain that there is. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to first say, I repent on behalf of the church. Mm. Just say the church was not acting in accordance with Christ. Yes, Lord. The church was not acting in accordance with Christ. That that believer was not acting in accordance with Christ. 
And so we ask for forgiveness on behalf of the church and that person. And Lord, I just, I pray that they would be able to extend forgiveness to those that have betrayed them, mm-hmm. that the voices of torment would now flee from their lives and they'd hear the voice of peace, of your peace, as they, were, they are able to extend forgiveness uh, towards those that have betrayed them as well. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, let these great the grace continue to flow, these streams of living water as we continue to share tonight, Lord. May all who are listening experience a kind of atmosphere that you want you want an abiding to happen with us, that it isn't just a moment that is a program or reduced to a movie, but you want us to open our hearts and minds and to have a culture in our friends and families where these streams of living waters flow. Let them continue to flow. Yes, Lord, just keep flowing. Um, thank you so much, Michael. Um, so, you know, back to the original um, encounter, you were on top of the rock, you had the world handed to you, so to speak. You know, I think of Luke mm-hmm. 4 with uh, with Satan taking Jesus and the, the temptations. And of course, amazing that the God, right, the second person, the Trinity takes on flesh and blood, start there, but yeah. then is tempted in every single way as what? As a passage into coming out in the power of the Holy Spirit, that those temptations, in his case, perfect defeat of the enemy. In our case, most of us are defeated in significant ways. And we can ask the question, your prayer beautifully kind of framed it that way, that it's through that that God causes us to die to ourselves, to open up this capacity for the power of his spirit. I thought of Shia LaBeouf, his recent interview, praying that that's solid and it becomes all the more solid, um, his conversion and you and and folks like him who experienced a lot that the world has to offer. I guess want to ask the question, maybe what what do you think stands in the way of somebody giving their life to Christ? Grace is being outpoured. Right now, maybe many, quite frankly, they're not, things aren't so bad that they, you know, are languishing or experiencing it. Maybe they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're medicating and there's a hydroplaning there. They're okay. They're good enough. I don't want to speak to that. Somebody who's in that particular place. Yeah, I think there's, there's several things. I think um, the first thing that comes to my mind is I know one of the things that I struggled with was fear of man and fear of what it would look like to fully surrender my life to Jesus. Hmm. And would, would I become um, just some crazy-looking Christian? You know, would, would I be ostracized from all my friends, all these things? And, and the reality is part of that is true. <laughs> you know, hmm. if your friends are living with the world, you might, you might have to lose your friends. You might have to lose your life. Um, but, but the beautiful thing is, where trust comes in is that he says, if you lose your life, you find your life. Mm-hmm. And I was just, there was a, there was an atheist guy that came to watch my film and afterwards he just starts bawling. And I was like, what's going on, man? He goes, I want what these people have. He mm-hmm. goes, but then again, I don't because they look crazy. <laughs> He's honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> he totally was honest. He was, he was counting the cost in that mm-hmm. moment. And, and I said, Hey bro, I get it. We're a peculiar people. And I said, but here's the deal. The God version of you doesn't have to look like anybody else. Mm, amen. I go, there's a unique version and expression of the Jesus in you that, that can be so unique. Mm. And was able to walk with him through that, that concern, because it ultimately it's a fear of man issue. But was able to walk with him through that, and he was able to give his life to Jesus on the spot. And so for those that are out there, I just first want to say, if, like if you're struggling to fully surrender your life to Jesus, I want to acknowledge that it is a scary thing to cross over that chasm, to cross over that, that wilderness into the place of the promised land. Mm-hmm. And, but the beautiful thing is, and it's so true, that if you lose your life, you'll find your life. Jesus said it, and it's so true. The things that you're ultimately, that we, we try to hold on to, are really not that valuable at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
but if you're if you're willing to let go, what he's going to give you in exchange for that will so far exceed what you've just let go of. Mm-hmm. And it's just you can't even compare it. I love that. And then I think, and then I think you said speaking to the people who are just kind of in that in that drift of, you know, life's not that bad. You know, just kind of medicating on normalcy. Um, I think you know that those are those are challenging places, right? It could be kind of a lukewarm state of of life. But I would say that you're just you're you're you've been created and put on this earth for so much more. Mm-hmm. Like there's no it's not an accident that you're on the earth. He didn't just put you on this earth just to live and then just float through and then die. Mm. Like there was divine purpose and destiny yes. he put in you. Yes. He knit Come you on. together when you were in your mother's womb. Yes. And that thing that he put within you, when you when that begins to be activated, you figure out why he's called, why he's put you on this earth, and what he's called you to, and to be able to live for him. How much, how alive you will feel. Um, it's just like you get you get you get tuned and aligned with heaven's version of your life, mm. and it I will just it. it will just. It, yeah, just like a life, it will just set you on purpose and on fire. And and I think that one of the, the greatest fears I think I've had is to, to get to the end of my life and look back and go, man, I wish I wish I would have done this, or or I missed, or, or man, what if, what if I would have done that, or maybe I missed this. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back like that. I want to get back to the end of my life. Mm. I just want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. You know? And know that I fully went for it. And, and yes. so I would just encourage those that, you may be just drifting. I just want to declare there's a purpose over your life that's greater than where you're at right now. And if you'll lean into Jesus, he'll speak to it and he'll set you on fire. Yes. Let's go vertical on that. Lead us. As you go before me, you will lead the way. When you say to follow, I won't be afraid. Well, Lord, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for purpose. I thank you that... You even had a purpose to seek and save that which was lost, to destroy the works of the devil. And uh, Lord, it's so fun to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> so I pray that those that are just floating through life, you mm. set them on purpose mm, and help yes. them to find a joy in destroying mm. the works of the devil and advancing your kingdom and taking ground and winning mm. those ways, Lord. And I know it's not always easy and there's trials, there's tribulations, but you're so faithful and gracious to, mm. to be with us in the midst of that so that, that even when we are in the valley, you are the lily of the valley. You are the, you are the oil that just covers us and, and just helps us to lead us forward. And so I just pray that you would speak to those in those places with purpose and destiny, that you would ignite those those seeds, those seeds of destiny within them. They begin to burst forth through dreams and visions, and you would begin to call them forward out of that place of of just mediocrity and and just boring, that just that life of meaninglessness into a place of meaning and purpose in Jesus' name. that as you're speaking I was thinking of of the words in Laodicea I think it's Revelations 314 somewhere around there but worth folks you're reading there's a great song by Steve Camp in the early days my kids tease me about my appreciation for 80s 90s Christian music but uh 
You know, come on. Some of that is just the very best. Steve Camp has a great album called Justice, but living in Laodicea, where we who are Christians and we're, if you will, languishing because we've reduced him to just performance. We've reduced him to just knowing about, instead of this intimacy, this knowing intimately the heart of the Father. And that's why I really love that Matthew 7, 21, many will come in my name. I'm speaking to many of our audience. Look at all these great things we've done. Heal the sick, raise the dead for Catholics, pray at our rosaries, done our novenas, done the mass. And to hear him say, depart from me, I never knew you. That word would seem to be very consequential to know. And really the root of that yeah. is it's ginsko. It's 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 conjugal intimacy that God desires us. Yeah. The same word is used as with Mary. I, I do not know man. The very same verb. Um, we're going to go in another place here along your storyline. Uh, a core of our mission, Michael, is um, this whole idea that God made man and woman and family to image him. That God, who is mm-hmm. love, is an occasion. Marriage is about uh, about participation in the very life of the Trinity. There's nothing more surpassing, no identity that is greater. So that Genesis one twenty seven, in his image, he made them male and female. He created them. Do we not see that that is the decisive attack of the enemy with the t- transgenderizing and the confusion? And any who are struggling with that right now, we have sympathy we have sympathy and understanding that, um, look at the search terms, folks, yourselves. Just look up health and homosexual or health and transgender. Do the research yourself and ask yourself, do I desire those consequences for somebody whom I love? So to the heart of that, our hearts have been ordered toward God and everything else around that is is an aberration, anything besides that right ordering with God. So you met Meredith. And I suspect some mm-hmm. of your journey in the human journey is the habituation of our hearts to God, to knowing, as John Paul II says, the heart of the sexual urge is an urge to a completion that can only be found in God. I say it again, the heart of this urge, every urge, certainly, but the heart of a sexual urge is an urge to a completion that can only be found in God. It's given to unite us in God in a spiritual way of which the physical is an external manifestation. So share with us a little bit maybe of the habituation of your soul uh, with regard in particular to romance and meeting Meredith and how that has been a blessing to you and family. Yeah, can, can, before I go there, can I just back up to you talking about people struggling with uh, absolutely things like attraction transgenderism kind of a thing and in, in, in our church in dallas we were we planted our church in uh it was in the homosexual area of dallas mm. and we met a lot of people in that area I, I can't tell you how many stories of of people that are in that lifestyle that grew up in the church mm. and what i began to realize with a lot of them is that they um they really experienced the law and legalism and mm. they just had they had all these rules and regulations ho- hoisted upon them without the connection of a love of the Father. Mm. And there's a scripture, and I don't remember exactly the, the, the address, but it says the law is the power of sin. Mm. And if you have a law put on someone without love, it's like you tell a little kid, don't do this, what do they do? Mm. Yep. They do it. <laughs> they have this urge to do it, right? Yep. And so, so many of these guys, I realize there's a, there's a burden of responsibility that falls on some some of the church in, in, in to a degree with a lot of these with a lot of these men because they had, they didn't receive the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. First John says, First John three, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, because the love of the Father is not in them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on on behalf of the church that didn't that didn't represent the love of the Father correctly, I want to stand on the gap for those as well and say, hey man, I'm I'm sorry that the church hasn't done that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think in, we have had good intentions in wanting people to live a right lifestyle, but detached from love, it just became law and legalism. And I know a lot of people are, are 
trying so hard to get the law off of them. And the way that the only way they're not to get it off is to rebel into sin, which mm. leads them to another form of bondage. And so I just want to so declare good. to you that there's another way out of that. There's a, yes. there's a different way, which is the way of Christ. And it's not in law, it's not in lawlessness, but it's in true freedom. And that he can, he can, you know, whether you feel like you're born that way or not, you can be born again and you can make all things new. So Amen. I just want to declare that. Thank you. Amen. Right now and, by, and then. As I say, yeah. by the way, that's punctuated by the likes of Milo and uh, Joseph Shiambra and others who, who were steeped in this culture. They weren't just, you know, passively receiving it. They were top leaders and just that they were made for something greater, discovered, rediscovered the love of the Father that just permeated their lives. So everything you're saying, we just affirm and declare is true. Keep going. Yes, yes, yes. What was your original question about? <laughs> I tend to do that. I'm a fire hose. I tend to throw a lot out there. So thanks for your patience. Uh, just, you know, so how God guided you, informed you, particularly in the realm of romance and attraction and just how you've been blessed, you know, marriage and Meredith and family, you know, iconic, iconographic of the Trinity. Yeah. So I, I, my wife and I's testimonies are so different. I grew up, you know, living in the world, which was, you know, I lived a very loose lifestyle and, and my wife, she remained a virgin until she was married. Mm, beautiful. But when I got, when I encountered God, I just had this desire to live pure. Mm. And, and I just, I went away from all the, just chasing girls and trying to find value and identity and affirmation in girls or my manliness had to be, come from that. And I just really pursued it in Christ. And, and then when I met Meredith, I really feel like she was a gift to me for, just for, for choosing Jesus, mm. you know, and <clears throat> She just, um, yeah, I don't know. She's just a, an amazing woman. She's totally what I don't deserve. Um, and I think she's just a demonstration to me of the grace of God who gives us what we don't deserve, right? Um, but as a, um, as, you know, us coming together is that picture of the Trinity. You know, when you have two people come together, you know, um, life comes forth from that place. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this miraculous thing that only truly takes place in that context. Mm. And so um, I don't remember really where you were wanting me to go with this. Were I think you're like, beautiful. You're no, you're kind of nailing it. I just think, you know, maybe I'm going to ask you to go vertical in this way right now. There are young people, uh, young adults dating age. Um, and mm-hmm. all the confusion and lies they're getting, whether you mentioned rightly the sexuality confusion thing and also the right, if you will, orientation, but needing to understand God's design and purpose for it. So I think we're a culture that in particular needs to recover God's beautiful appointing and anointing yeah. of that desire and uh, really to pray for the grace of virtue, right, to, you know, to live in that. Yeah, so totally. just lead us in prayer. Totally, yeah. It's never sin. Your cross cannot cover nothing I've done Scares you away You are not shaken by complicated Fragile hearts in your hands are safe You came when I was broken You loved me through all of my failures You gave way I just want to speak to the women real quick, and I just want to declare over you that you are God's daughter. Mm-hmm. And you, because of that, your value is so great. You're like a pearl of a great price. 
And I just declare that you should not sell out cheaply mm -hmm. to any man that comes to try to, to woo you in any which way that you are worthy to be won over, no matter who you are. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to these women that are out there and that they would know their value um, and that they would be willing to protect themselves for the right man. And you would prepare them for their husbands and prepare their husbands for them. And then, and then men, I, Lord, I pray that you would help men to have the eyes of a father. Uh, that they would be able to see women according to your eyes and to see them according to their true value, that they would want the best for them and not from them. Lord, help us to be a people of love and not lust. Give, give, us, give, us, give us men eyes for the women to, to value them and to treat them as queens, to treat them as your daughter and your children. And that we might not see these unwanted pregnancies, we might not see these unwanted children, mm -hmm. um, but men would truly honor that that part of marriage and, and be willing to wait and to sacrifice and lose their life mm -hmm. and the desire for the, the quick fix of feeling now so that and that sacrifice for the, for the true union and marriage that you would they would gain their life in that process in Jesus' name. Amen. Amazing. So Michael, listening to you in particular, the first half of this program, just very choked up the whole time, um, both for uh, in awe of God's grace in and through you, um, for your story, for uniting with your heart just so much. So I was pretty quiet. <laughs> Could have said a lot of different things, but one, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your cooperation with His grace. Thank you for seeking Him out. Um, thank you for not giving up. Thank you for following mm -hmm. His call in your life. Um, so much more could be said. Jumping back to Super Spreader, I don't know if you want to comment um, at all on pulling the documentary together and the ease with which it came or the, the hurdles that you had to cross. And then um, after you answer that, I just want to uh, make a few comments as a uh, viewer of it. So I'll hold off on that, but I have a lot to say. Sure. <laughs> sure. So I would say a couple of things. First, um, in the beginning of 2020, I was at the end of the year, I always pray for a word for the new year, like, God, what do you want to say for this mm -hmm. year? And, and it just hit me with tears. And I felt like he said, my body needs courage. Mm -hmm. And this was before the pandemic happened. But he said, my, I just felt it in my heart. My body needs courage. Mm -hmm. And so I just was sticking with that. I was thinking about, you know, I really went into David, looking at the life of David. And of course, the pandemic hits and, and fear blankets the earth. Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, God, you, were, you really were wanting your body to have courage to be mm -hmm. able to deal with this. And, and so the film, uh, you know, most one of the main things I wanted to impart or have imparted by his spirit in that film was that courage. You know, I think, I think there's some there's a quote by Billy Graham that says, like, when one man uh, stands up, when one man stands up for a cause, the, the spines of hundreds of others are strengthened. Something mm -hmm. I'm totally butchering, butchering the quote, but it's, <laughs> we got it's, it. it's, it's that, that imagery, right? And, and I wanted that to take place in the film, and I think that really comes across that the mm -hmm. stories I'm hearing yes. of people mm -hmm. wanting to stand up in their own areas of life right now from watching the film is really important. And so that's kind of one of the main takeaways for the body of Christ. Um, you know, and then as, as it relates to people outside of the faith, I wanted them just to see the beauty in the heart of Jesus and how he still really moves for mm -hmm. today. And then and that there's a cost of courage as well. Like if we want to mm -hmm. remain the land of the free, it's, it's only because of the brave and, yes. and how really all all freedoms come from religious freedom. It's the foundational mm -hmm. freedom from which all freedoms come mm -hmm. from, and hoping to articulate that in a visual context. But as it relates to the ease of the film, uh, I don't think I've done anything harder in my life. It was 
totally <laughs> difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but the right when we jumped in, resources came in uh, first from the upper room to help us kind of build a trailer. And God kept putting me like the right people in place to be able to tell the story. Cause I wanted to be able to tell it in, in a Hollywood quality level mm-hmm. and then not just like a cheesy Christian version yes. mm-hmm. of it. And, and so my director, he had, a, he was mostly, he had mostly done commercials, but he had a very elegant eye. And I saw the skill and quality and he was trained at a Ridley Scott, who's a big famous filmmaker. So I was like, I knew he knew how to tell a story. And then, then our editor, he had just been hired by Sony pictures to be one of their main editors for their films. But when they hired him in 2020, um, they, or you know, maybe it was sorry, 2021, they wanted him uh, as part of his onboarding was to, for him to get vaccinated. And for him mm. personally, it just violated his conscience. Yes. And so mm. he goes, I can't do that. Wow. Even though it was like a dream job for him, he said no That's to awesome. it. And we showed up that same week and I was like, well, hey, bro. And he's like, this must be God. And I was like, it must be. I'll take a Sony editor. <laughs> and so I really felt like God was setting me up with, with a world-class team and to be able to tell it on, a, on, that, on that kind of a level. And, and then the, the breakneck pace, because we felt like the timeliness of it, we needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. This is the first film I've really done. And I was... We had just gotten the film finished and we had struck a deal to get it into theaters. And I was in my gym and there's a, there's a director that works out of my gym and he does ESPN 30 for 30s mm-hmm. uh, documentaries. And I was, I was showing him my phone. I was like doing like a little kid show and tell. I was all proud of it. And, and uh, he's like, he's like, when did you start this project? And I was like, April of last year. He goes like, so you're telling me in a year and a half from the concept to theater, you, you did a documentary. And I go, yeah, is that fast? He goes, well, that's like saying I just started jogging and I ran a sub four minute mile. Goes, it's unheard of. <laughs> He's right. It's amazing. God and, and I was like, wow. You know, and I think going back uh, to what you just said a second ago about the grace of God, it was the grace of God that empowered us mm-hmm. um, and that, that provided the resources for it uh, over and over again. So many generous donors who just had a heart for this message and, and mm-hmm. took, took, took a risk on us you know, as unknown filmmakers for the most part, but had a, had an important story to tell. And, and by his grace, we were able to tell it in a compelling way, in a powerful way. And it's quality and hopefully uh, honors the Lord at the end of the day. Amen. You can check it out, superspreaderfilm.com, superspreaderfilm.com. Um, so let me affirm that it is super high quality and not at all cheesy Christian. <laughs> that was actually my first comment to Greg and Joseph as we exited the theater, as we were walking toward our car. I'm like, first of all, let me just say, wow, at the quality. So uh, listeners, oh, you will you. not be disappointed. No, thank you. So I just affirm that, that the Lord was faithful in and through you bringing that uh, to light. So watching it, um, Michael, I have to say that I think I experienced some PTSD moments <laughs> because we <laughs> yeah, forget so quick, like so many emotions and so... Um, Again, beautiful film, beautiful message, beautiful testimony of God alive, courage. Oh, my gosh, that word could not have been more perfect. And that comes through huge in the film. Um, If I could have an on-air confession, (laughs) um, so many things came up in my heart and um, watching it and such sadness and anger um, at our church and... 
mm-hmm. I realized that I have a lot to forgive still. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. wow. it just crushes wow. me that we, in particular, I can speak as a Catholic with all due respect and love for our faith and our priests and for what they knew and didn't know. My goodness, where was our courage? Where was our courage? And so... Um, on that level, perhaps also helping people deal with what they don't even realize is still there and what the Lord wants to yeah. do um, to, for that healing and forgiveness and to be all the more yeah. bold as we come out of this and to not forget. Um, again, see the film. You will be moved beyond moved. You will be empowered. You will be grateful. Um, hopefully you won't have the PTSD moments that I had because it was watching it going, this really happened. Like we, as Americans, as Christians, we allowed this to happen. And yet again, the overarching, overwhelming message of yes, but God is bigger. And I did raise up people, you know, the Sean's of the world and his wife and the, you know, even as they share their story of the friends that they lost and, you know, just Mm. all that they experienced in being faithful to God's call. You know, I mean, I think we all experienced that in some ways, whether it was, you know, um, you know, in, in simple discussions that didn't end up being so simple or disappointments or um, just that divisiveness, whether it was over masks or the stupid vax and or whatever, um, you yeah. know, just, gosh, God is so much bigger and his grace abounds all the more. Sorry, that's my little mini fire hose. No, I could no, keep going. No, but no. No, that's so, it's so powerful because I think a lot of people are experiencing PTSD on, on, on different levels. <laughs> because it's bringing people right back to 2020 and we forget so quickly all that we went through and I, mm. I don't think we fully processed it right. I think this film's going to help people to process it mm-hmm. on multiple levels. But to your point about courage in the church, um, you know, when when this was starting to happen and the government was taking telling churches you couldn't sing and you can't, couldn't stay open, Sean was, because he spent so much time in the persecuted church around the world, mm-hmm. he was taking mm. his, his cues from those guys. Mm. They would go, so you're not going to listen to the governor, are you? You're not going to listen to the government, are you? You're not going to do that, are you? Because they because they've seen these patterns in those communist countries, and they said right. this is how it began. And so he's like, he couldn't listen to the church in America. He had to listen to those guys who's who've had their faith tested through really dark times and and tyrannical leadership. So um, thank God that there there is the church that's out there um, around the world that's still standing firm and. I, you know, I'm I'm having to deal with forgiveness towards the church on a lot of levels too. You know, because I, I realize I'm still holding grudges. Going, okay, well, there's churches that are open, and, and I'm going, well, do I want to go there? How did they respond during the mm-hmm. pandemic? Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, and it's really I'm going, oh, God, I gotta forgive. Help me forgive. Yes. Mm. You know, and and I know a lot of people are dealing with that. Sean just did an interview with Tucker Carlson on Fox, and yes. he walked in. Tucker's like, look, I'm, I love, I love God, I love Jesus. He goes, but I'll tell you what, I will never step foot in a church again because of how it responded during the pandemic. Mm. Wow. Mm. And and Sean felt like he was there, maybe to partly even to minister to him to say, yeah. hey, there's still hope. There's still the church out there that that didn't just you know <laughs> just crumble. There's a lot. There's a lot more than just me. Every because every city he went into. We would rally church leaders, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 weren't willing to just bow the knee, that, would, that knew they needed to be there for their bodies. So 
There's more of us out there. Yeah. As we're coming in for a landing on this episode, folks, so blessed that you are tuned in with Greg and Stephanie over Ignite Radio Live, and very blessed to have Michael Malden with us. And we do direct you again to Super Spreader Film. Go see it. I think it'll be a profound inspiration um, for you. And it does, again, invite us to consider, you know, what, what is our vision of what it means to be a Christian, to profess Jesus? You know, in the depths of our hearts, where are our appetites ordered and are they truly filling us? Just begin there and consider and reflect, you know, do we really know the love of the Father for us personally in an intimate way? Because he wants and provides for that fullness. And the church is meant to be that, by the way. That's one for me is a huge takeaway. I think secondly is this Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote that just continues to reverberate that silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Um, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. That that we, as a body of Christ, you know, have to take that step on the water with Peter, uh, not understanding how we're going to be sustained, not knowing the implications, but to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. Um, and for us folks, who, those of you who are listening right now, it's probably no further than your spouse or your children who um, whose souls are you know pining for something and we can be the answer by saying, Lord, give me your heart for them. Help me to be attuned to what's going on in the depths of their hearts. Guide me if I'm meant to say something or do something, but maybe even prior to that, it's in this moment, Lord, awaken me all the more to knowing your love. And on that note, Michael, just gonna give you the last word here as we've been saying, go vertical. It's just kind of an inspiration. We haven't done that for any of our programs. We've certainly broken out in prayer, but at stopped at particular moments. I just felt very comfortable that this is what God wants us to be doing, folks, is to really with every issue, every struggle, every challenge, don't just talk about it and, and hydroplane in it. You know, go to God directly. And uh, if nothing else, this can maybe begin the, 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 maybe a beginning of a kind of habit of heart and mind and soul. So, Mike, we'll just invite you to kind of close us tonight with just however the Holy Spirit leads you to lead us in prayer. And how beautiful are the feet of the man that came for me. I just want to say, um, if you feel like in your life that you haven't responded properly um, in, cur- in seasons where you know you needed to be courageous, I just want to say that there's no guilt or shame or condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Mm, amen. And uh, He makes all things new, and there's always His mercies are new every day. And I just want to say there's a new, every day can be a new chapter and a new moment for you to step out in courage. And, uh, and so, Father, I pray that you would help us uh, to be infused with your courage, to be able to see the hope that's set before us, that we'd be willing to endure the cross of, of affliction, of persecution, of whatever the price it may be to step out in courage. But we'd see that the, the prize of that and the hope to which you've called us to, to be much more valuable than self-preservation. Um, help us to not be people who just play safe. There's no, Lord, I know you say there's no, there's no command in the Bible that says be safe. Mm. And uh, you said to be courageous. And so help us to be those that are more courageous than we are safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, so blessed to be on the journey with you for such a time as this. 
be, you know, just be consumed by the love of God. Take time in the word of God that affirms our core unsurpassed identity. Know that you're made for great things, wonderful things. Know that God has equipped us uh, to be instruments of healing, transforming power, and he wants to do it within us right now. And that's why we exist here with Ignite Radio Live and our movement, more than just, <clears throat> if you will, a moment on Tuesday nights and Saturdays. But uh, we really want to make this a, a culture for marriages and families overflowing to the world. So check it out at I Love myfamily.us. Great for a four-year support. And uh, Michael, we just want to affirm you we're going to continue to be kindred with you and praying for you and pray that super spreader the right sense of all that that means, the love of the Father through you, through all of us, that we're mindful of that, that that continues to proliferate. And uh, so grateful for your yes. And uh, folks, invite you to join us in helping that happen by going to superspreaderfilm.com and joining us. Until next time, God bless you. My soul